Ever quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one? Never started something one big or failed? Quit. This is a call-in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. It's Friday. Well, it's always Friday here on Quit. February 1st, 2013. Tomorrow's Groundhog Day. Speaking of quitting, repeating things over and over and over again. Main theme of that movie. But we're not here to talk about that movie. We're here to talk about you. You can call into the show if you would like to. We already have callers stacked up. I don't, I don't know if we have a limit on the number of lines that we have. Does Caitlin have to work today? She does. Great. But I'll run, I'll run in. I don't <clears> mind. Well, how about this? When it's time for her to leave, you then switch. But you bring her in and she can sit on the mic and, and we can thank her on the mic. Oh, okay. Lovely. She's listening to this, right? Yeah, okay. I believe so. Number to dial if you want to be on the show. It's 512-518-5714. Again, 512-518-5714. That's the number to dial. You can get in there. You can be on hold. You can listen while you're on hold, and then we will take your calls. Well, right now, yeah, we've got five callers, so uh, they're already booked up. But we'll get to that. We actually, we have a couple announcements. We have a little bit of work to do. Before I do that, I want to announce uh, the folks, introduce rather, the folks that I have here in the studio with me. We need a bigger studio and we need uh, more chairs and more mics. Yes, more space. The woman that you're hearing is Hattie Cook. She's my producer. Hi, Hattie. Hi, Dan. Back in the studio again, no longer on uh, hiatus from the show, Shlok <laughs> Vadia. Now, I was told, Shlok, that I'm pronouncing your last name wrong by somebody of Indian descent. There are over a billion of us. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and say uh, he was wrong. Okay. <laughs> and um, I was right because it is my last name. So you, you may be familiar with the correct pronunciation of your own last name. I, I'm, yes. You've tried. You've Semi-familiar. Tri- so Vadia. Yes. Okay. Also as a, our guest today, Shlok's not really a guest. I have to, <laughs> I have to kind of crane up like this to see him. No, I, li- I like where you are. You're fine. I can sit back. <laughs> Andrew Logan. Hello, Dan. How are you, sir? Welcome to the to the immense studios and the large operation <laughs> we have. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Andrew, or Drew as I like to call him, <laughs> is... Uh, but his show name is Andrew. He's a super fan, what you call a super fan. And he reached out to us and said, listen, we run a little, uh, a little, uh, little joint down here called Arts and Labor. It's a cool place. Austin-based place. And he said, why don't you, why don't you come on... Why don't you come on down? Check out the place. We have some nice posters up on the wall you're probably going to like. <laughs> Turns out he has the same posters we have. I've got these three <laughs> Ollie Moss Star Wars posters. They have the same three. That's yeah. correct. That's Very how we, rare. That's how we knew we were going to be friends. As soon as I saw that, I said, this is a guy I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know forever. <laughs> so Hattie and I went out and uh, took a tour, met the wonderful folks that are out there, really super talented folks. Maybe you can tell uh, tell us what arts and labor is uh, better sure. than I could. Yeah, so we're um, like you said, based in Austin, Texas. We are a creative content community. We do everything from feature films, uh, TV shows, commercial campaigns, uh, branding content, web videos. Um, basically, we love to tell stories in all mediums. And um, I'm the uh, senior producer there, uh, one of two senior producers, and. So my role there is um, seeing projects from uh, beginning to completion. 
is the best way I, I think I could put it. How long have you been in there? Um, almost uh, two years. Okay. So almost two years you've been there, and you've got some stories to tell. You've got some stories. Who was it that we were we were talking we to were someone? We were talking to someone, and they were like, what? wasn't Mantuan. Who was it? No. I'll, I'll think about that. Was it that. Phil? It, it was, was Phil. Phil. It was Phil. Phil <laughs> okay. Kaufman. So Phil Kaufman, guest Previous on, guest. guest on this show. Hattie, what episode was that? Four. Yeah. Four. Okay. Well, the famous fourth the episode. Famous fourth Never episode. top that. It's downhill <laughs> from now. I feel like this one's already better. No, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, so Phil Kaufman was on that episode, and, and we ran into Phil a week or so ago at the, uh, the big dribble meetup that Shlok would not go to. Wasn't invited. To no, I did invite you. I said, you're going to the big dribble meetup and you never got back to me. You just sent us back. I hate and you. And it was actually, I will say, the best dribble meetup I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we ran into Phil who, let's just say Phil had been having a good time. This is a nice way to say it. You could tell that, right? Did you see his eyes? Yeah. He was, I'm just saying. He, had, just he got there on time. Tired, very tired. He got there on time. And he says, oh, you know, I, I said, I, I, well, I said to him, I said, uh, I said, I know, I hear, you know, Drew over at, uh, Andrew, as you're known professionally, uh, over at arts and labor. He says, yeah, Andrew's a great guy. I said, Andrew's going to be on the show next week. He said, oh, that's going to be great. He's got some stories to tell. He was like, you just ask him <laughs> just and ask he'll tell him you. And, he'll get going. and we were like, we didn't get any stories. I, yeah. I said, do I, he wasn't very liquored up. Do I need to liquor him up or what? And he said, no, he'll tell the story. So I'm looking forward to hearing something. And, uh, we also have one announcement that I want to make. And this is, it's an, you know, if you call it an experiment, we can take the Steve Jobs approach. You call something a hobby. And that way, if it, if it doesn't do well, then what was just a hobby, no big deal. If it does well, then you can say, well, a hobby, it turned into a big thing. Who knew? That's the Apple TV, right? So we're going to try something. It's going to be an experiment. And that is, this is a very special thing. Very excited to announce it. Can I announce this now? I think this is an opportune time. Okay. <laughs> I just want to be sure. We're going to be doing a quit newsletter. Now, a newsletter, you say. Well, I thought newsletters were very 1998. In fact, they're very timely. Uh, newsletters are a really, really great and exciting way to give people a certain kind of content in a way that they can read and enjoy in a casual way. My friend Dave Pell. Oh, the for example, famous Dave Pell. With, uh, what is it called? Next, Next Draft. Next Draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a perfect example of the kind of thing. He does that daily. This isn't going to be daily. This is weekly. But he does this thing. And it's some of the best links. He does it every day. Some of the best links out there. It's a great read. I highly recommend it. I'll put it in. Can we put that in the show notes? Yeah, Next of draft. course we can put that in the show notes. I, think, I don't know if he has nextdraft.com, something like that. Inspired, of course, by him, but who isn't? And wanting to provide kind of content that, uh, that, that helps focus these shows on the one hand and also helps provide additional information, additional uh, ideas and concepts, food for thought, and also a little bit of a maybe homework for the next show. I think so. We're going to do all of this. And these, uh, these newsletters are going to start coming out. I think we're going to start doing them next week. But here's the deal. They're going to be kind of exclusive. So I'll, there'll be more information about this where to go to sign up for it coming out soon. You can follow me on Twitter for that. Five by uh, five account is just five BY five and also Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Quit does not have an account on, on Twitter. Shlo, do we need that? I don't know. I don't think so. 
Yeah, I don't see much of a need for it. It kind of runs through everything else. All right, I'll set it up then. <laughs> okay. Today's topic, Shlok actually suggested this topic. I have to give credit to him because it's a good one. I'm actually looking at his, his notes right now on my computer. Extroverted versus introverted versus balanced. This is, this is a really fascinating topic. There's an article I already have in the show notes. The show notes are at 5by5.tv uh, slash quit slash, and this is what episode is this? What episode is this? 10. This it's our big 10th yeah. episode. It's our, our big first one. Oh. Slash 10. You can go and see these links. But there's an article in the Washington Post. It's a great article. That, that it, you know, I don't know why. This doesn't surprise me. Nothing about this article surprised me at all. The Washington Post has something uh, in their on leadership section that says why extroverts fail, introverts flounder, and you probably succeed. And this article goes on to talk about, you know, if, if you've ever spent a day with a leader of an organization, somebody who's in charge, the, the boss, that it's likely that what that person is really doing, regardless of what their real title is, what that person is actually really doing all day is selling in one way or another. Maybe it's not direct selling to clients, but they're talking with their vendors, they're talking with suppliers, they're talking with their teams that, that they lead. Maybe they have a board of directors, right? That what they're really doing is they're selling. They're selling. And that's true. It's unlikely that you'll find a successful leader of a company of some kind or another, regardless of the size of that company, unless that person is capable of selling, unless that person can sell. Is that, do you have a, a leader, Andrew, over at Arts and Labor? Is that you? Is it somebody that, that you work with? Is there somebody who, who is out there selling and representing what you guys do in that way? Uh, yeah, we've got um, uh, a couple people who sort of do business development. Um, and, um, and we've got one person who's uh, uh, the president of the company as well. And who is, who is that person? We met him. Uh, I don't know if you met um, Alan Berg. Alan is one of the co-founders of the company. He um, started off in uh, journalism. He was a reporter uh, for many, many years and segued into doing documentary filmmaking. As a reporter, you've got to know how to talk to people. Absolutely. I mean, I think reporters are some of the best salespeople around, to be honest. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think you'll find that. I think that you'll find whether it's the person who has a CEO, look at, look at your picture. Have you ever seen Andrew's picture? Look at his third from the left there on their, on their about page. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? <laughs> you get, I got arts and labor linked up, but you got to go check it out and click on the, uh, the people link. God, they have so much fun. It's not fair. <laughs> on how they get anything done. It's such a fun place, but they do. But that's the thing at the heart of, of a company is going to be the person who's, who's selling it. That's so important. I mean, these guys have, they have their films out at uh, Sundance and Cannes and South by and everything. Yeah. We, it's very exciting. We, um, uh, just, um, they just announced some, a few films that we're involved with that got into South by Southwest. Oh, very really? Cool. Can you say what they are here? Uh, yeah, sure. Pit stop is one of them. Um, the, another one is the retrieval. Um, yeah, we're very excited about it. I saw they posted the lineup for, or the, the, film lineup today for South by that was pretty cool I looked for your name or arts and labor on there (laughs) and then um, we also there's another there's a documentary that we're involved with um, called America's parking lot 
that's actually going to air uh, premieres tonight on ESPN Classics. Really? Oh, well, that's so, cool. It's about Dallas Cowboy uh, tailgaters. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You have to watch that. So this is, you know, this is something that's it's a fascinating topic. Well, what this article goes is it, when you imagine, uh, I'm doing air quotes, the sales guy, the person who sells. And in the past on the show, I've said, you've got to be able to sell in order to have a successful business, or you have to have somebody who can sell as part of your team. Being a developer these days, you're going to get work, but that's not building a business. Being a developer, being an independent freelance designer, being a writer, being a, you know, if you're great and you have a reputation, you can get a few clients and you can just have them sending you work. But that's not building a business. That's being self-employed in a lot of ways. Building a business, growing something beyond just you in a room. You know, just just imagine, if you will, Schloke in a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt, 50 pounds heavier, <laughs> you know, in the dark writing. That was you for years. For a year. Yeah. A year. Eight years. <laughs> And now you look at Schloke, he's fashionable, he's out and about, he's in shape, he's training for a triathlon because he turned his life around. And congratulations to you for doing that. Thank you. But most developers went, what? I'm just sitting Ice here. Queen. D- Ice queen. <laughs> I don't know when what I just did. I just looked at you. <laughs> it's a stare of death is what I call I'm it. sorry. <laughs> Medusa. Oh my gosh. So you... You basically have this image of somebody who, now that person, they may be able to make a hundred, 200 grand or more from just sitting there and, and doing that kind of a job. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad idea, but I'm talking about building a business to really build a business, or even to have, I would argue, a six, listen, my voice is almost better, Heidi. I know you're getting there. I'm like 90%. Keep drinking your water. All right. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Like everybody, everybody's taking a sip now. <laughs> Everyone, drink your water. <laughs> Ice queen. You wind up in a situation where to really build a business, anything you're going to do, it involves selling stuff. Now there, there, there are these Kickstarter stories of guys, and I say guys because it's mostly guys. It doesn't have to be guys. It just winds up being guys. So forgive me. People having an idea and building something in their you know, in their garage, in their spare bedroom, and they put it on Kickstarter and people all buy it and don't have to really sell anything. And that's true. I mean, you can do that. But we're talking about, we're, we're not talking about that unique one-off kind of business. We're talking about businesses that involved doing work and getting clients because that's most of what people are doing out there. And by the way, after that initial Kickstarter push that these Pebble guys now have a watch out, they've got to now start selling it. They've got to now start marketing it. They've got to put it in front of people, right? They've got to go and they've got to, how do we get that on the, on, how do we get that in the, you know, the local department stores? How do we get that? Do we, you know, how do we get that in the boutique shops? How do we get that out, you know, at trade shows in front of people, whatever. Now they have to sell. So they've got to hire someone who sells or maybe the person that's in there is good. Having a good idea isn't enough. Selling it is what's important. So this article goes on to say, what kind of personality makes the best salesperson? Therefore, presumably the most effective leader. Daniel H. Pink, by the way, writing this at the Washington Post. Let me, let me read from this. He says, many of us would say extroverts. These wonderfully gregarious folks we like to think have the right stuff for the role. They're at ease in social settings. They know how to strike up conversations. They don't shrink from making requests. Little wonder then that the scholars such as Mount, Michael Mount of University of Iowa and others have shown that hiring managers select for this trait when assembling a sales force. 
I can tell you from working with salespeople and working in sales, they've all been extroverts always. Well, they wanted to kind of put this to the test. Adam Grant, who's the youngest tenured professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Management, went out and did this study. Collected data from sales representatives at a software company. He gave the reps an often used personality assessment test. So on a scale one to seven, you're an introvert if you're a one, and you're an extrovert if you're seven, and there's a scale in between. Then he tracked their performance over the next three months. Introverse, introverts fared worst. They earned an average revenue of $120 per hour. Extroverts were better, $125 per hour. But neither group, this is the interesting part, Shlok, Neither did as well as the third group, the ambiverts. Now, this is a new term to me, but apparently it's been around since the 20s. The ambiverts are the threes, fours, and fives in this scale. They know how to assert themselves, see, but they're not pushy. And that's, they, they, they earned their hourly revenue of 155. Better than the extroverts by 24%. The ones that got the most, the ones that did the best out of all of this, 208 per hour, those guys had scores of four right in the middle of the scale. So wh- let me dispel that myth and let, uh, let this article dispel the myth that, oh, I'm, you know, I don't really go out and sell stuff really well. Like I'm not a sales guy. You probably are. If you fall in the middle, if you're not super introverted or super extroverted, you're probably going to have a better chance than the people who are extroverted. It's kind of fascinating. Turns the whole thing upside down, right, Schlok? It does. It kind of takes that type A, type B personality piece and says, um, that's not really real. That's not how people operate. Like, you don't have alpha males and or alpha females um, running the group. I mean, you can, and there's an easy way to fall into that trap. But it's not necessary. It's not necessary. It's not necessarily the best way to do it either. Yeah. If you want a results-driven approach, like the right person for the job. You want to understand what sales is like. I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about like in a nice company, in a, in, a, in a nice place like where Andrew works. That's a fun place to be. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sales, sales. If you want to understand that mentality, if you want to understand that world, all you need to do is rent Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and watch that movie. It's, it, you're going to understand sales, and all of that's real. I've been in companies where that was real. When you're selling and you're doing well, you're the king, man. You're the king. If you're not selling, I'll just use a nice word, you're crap. And they treat you like crap. And it, it, it takes nothing but a bad month or a bad quarter to go from king to crap. I knew a guy that used to work at a brokerage down in Boca Raton, or Boca Raton, as you say. And he was... I, you know, I don't remember what he worked for, but he it was a you know money manager guy. He had a bad month. They moved him from the nice big corner office that he'd had for five years to the little crappy office down at the end of the hall by the front doors and the copiers because he had a bad month. There's no loyalty, nothing. Loyalty is going to be a great topic. I don't know if is that on our schedule. We get a look. It is. Loyalty. That's very important. We're not going to talk about that today. And we are, we are going to get to your calls. I will promise to get to your calls. 512-518-5714 if you're listening live. Now, you can also leave us a voicemail. Sometimes we'll play them or I definitely listen to them. Sometimes we play them on the show. A different number, 512-222-8141. But don't call that now. 
right? The callers are starting to get antsy. So we're going to jump on them for a minute. But this is something I want you all to think about. Because if you're building a business, even if it's just you, I mean, I remember back when I was running my own little software development agency, when it was just me and my wife helping out, I was writing code. I thought I was going to go and I thought I was going to have a business where like I'd write code and I'd build really cool systems for people. And I did, but that was only 30 or 40% of my time. The other 60, 70% of my time was me selling to other people. And when I say selling, I mean writing proposals, modifying proposals, doing sales agreements, being on the phone with people. And don't forget that once you get that client, the sale doesn't stop. The sale doesn't stop until after you've received final payment and the client is happy. Until that moment when the client and you agree that the thing is done and you have that check, you're still selling. You're selling every day. Our sponsors, how do you can attest to this? The sponsors mm-hmm. we have here at 5 by 5 and I got to do one in a minute before we do calls. Yep. Those sponsors, generally, they're, they're pretty happy with what we're doing. They like what we're doing. Oh, yeah. But we still, you spend time every day talking to, talking, whether it's email or phone calls, talking to our sponsors, past, present, and future. Well, it's not just, you know, one sale. That's a, an ongoing relationship that you have to keep up. You can't just, oh, cool, we've, you know, we booked you for this much. Not going to talk to you ever again. Right. Like, you want to keep up that relationship. You want to keep them happy. Um, and you, you know, you want to create a nice lasting relationship with them that you, that you want them to continue to keep coming back. Yeah. Because the, the, you know, the lady who came out with an iOS app this month in six months or a year from now might have 10 iOS apps and might be multi-million dollar a year business. Right. You treat them well now and treat them the same way that you would with a a customer that's already multi-million dollar a year customer. Uh, They're going to appreciate that and Mm -hmm. and they're going to remember how they got there. We're going to remember how we got here. So let me do a first sponsor. I'm going to take some calls. Then I want to hear some stories from Andrew. I'm not leaving until I do. (laughs) Big sponsor. The real big sponsor. Huge sponsor. Huge. Frank and Oak. Let me tell you about it. And Shlok, you you need to listen to this. Frank and Oak. These got their men's clothing store. But the whole point is, listen, I I don't know about you. I don't like, I don't like to shop that much. Shlokes, he's shopping most of his time. It's pretty free time. Well, shows. I mean, you, you dress nicely. Thank you. But there are easier ways, Shlok. I'm going to tell you about them. Frank and Oak, they design and sell a new collection of premium clothing every month. And they do their best to make nearly everything in it under 50 bucks. So they're going to do the work for you. Because listen, to be honest, a lot of my listeners, a lot of you guys, the corporate stooges, when you're not in your polo shirt and your khaki pants and your, you know, your loafers driving to work, you don't know what to wear. That's your uniform. And you don't know what to wear when you're, and you don't know what to wear to work. Andrew's dressed nice. Andrew always looks nice. Always. Very nice. Maybe he's on this already. Because what you do is you join Frank and Oak. They have a free VIP program. It's called the Hunt Club. You get free shipping both ways. Okay. 10% back in store credit for every purchase you make and a free at home try on, which you must have. You must have that. So you try on these clothes before you actually purchase them. You go to, they made a special URL, frankandoak.com slash quit. 
I'm going to give you 20% off with this code QUIT20, QUIT20 at the checkout. 20% off your order. They've got an awesome new iPhone app. You can shop on the go. It's a free app. But just think of it like this. Frankie Dunk, the easiest way to shop, it's no risk. You get quality clothing. You get free shipping. You order from the comfort of your house. Check it out. Sign up. Frankandoak.com slash quit. Go check these guys out. I'm so glad they're a sponsor. Because some, my, I know. Trust me. My audience needs help. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Let's see. who. Okay. All right. Is this John? Yes, it is. John from Long Long Island. Yeah. All right. So what's 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 going on? I I, t- I apparently told you to call in on Twitter. What are you doing? Yeah, you did. Um, basically, uh, I, I've been listening to uh, the first four shows. I'm starting from the beginning, and uh, I heard you talking a lot about uh, job. You know, you're not really you don't really have job security. That's true. Um, I work. Yes, I work for, it certainly is. Um, I work for a family business. Um, my uncle's a boss, my cousins, my aunt, even my sister works there. Um, I've been working there since 1997. Wow. Um, about two years ago. Um, to make a long story short, they put me in the warehouse and they cut my salary. This is your family did this? My family. Yes, definitely. Did you do something to instigate this change, or was it a result of financial obligations that they had? I had to re- reduce the workforce, and you had to help out, or, or, or what? Well, I'm, I'm the computer guy. Right. Um, I also do sales and stuff, or I did. Um, so I guess partially stuff was my fault a little bit, I'd say. Um, but in the end, you know, I'm still a family member and you should really talk to me first before you stick me in your warehouse. Okay. So wait a minute. How does this work? One day you're working and you're doing computers and sales. The next day you show up and they're like, your computer's off. And they're like, yeah, you can be in the warehouse today. Like it went like that. What did you do? You said you, you, you did something. What happened? Um, you can't not say I, you called into I, the I, show. You've got to tell me. No, it, 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 it's just a collection of things, I guess. Like, like I what? would say, I'm going to do this. I got too comfortable, I'd say. Um, no, you just, you kind of stop working. You kind of uh, stop working, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, 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 but you're saying they didn't talk to you about it. They didn't say, listen, John, quote unquote, John. You're not. You're not really working. We need you to work harder. Let's see some change before we move you. Just one day you're in the warehouse now. Right now, you were you the commandant of right. the warehouse? Were you like the boss in there? No, no. I work with the uh, the, the guy in the warehouse. You know, the Spanish guy in the warehouse. And there's a uh, the warehouse manager. I'm not even that. I'm just the guy in the warehouse. How long ago did they put you in the warehouse? Uh, it's been about two years or so now. Two years? Wow. Yeah. I, I've been and you just take you just been off. taking it? You've just been taking it for two years? Well, about two years ago, I also started doing iOS stuff on the side. I'm a programmer on the side. Okay. 
Um, so I have I have a handful of apps that are on the App Store. Uh, this leads me to my next, you know, my follow-up question. Okay. Um, obviously, I need to get out of there um, and find another job or something, but I, I really want to pursue the iOS stuff. So do I get a full-time job and still do the iOS stuff on the side until it takes off and then I can quit it? You know, quit my full-time job? Or what do I do? I'm 36 years old. Um, I'm married and I have a nine-year-old son. Okay. Yeah. Caitlin, come on the mic for a minute. Not interrupting you, John. I'm going to answer you now, but there, Caitlin's about to leave. She's never, this is her first time on the mic. So she's going to listen in. So here's the thing that, that concerns me. Obviously you've got a kid, you've got a, does your wife work? Uh, yeah, she's an editor. She does that uh, part-time. All right. And this is, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming with her with a part-time job, it's probably, um, you probably have a considerable amount of the responsibility for the finance, your, your financial, uh, status. So, you know, you you keep things going then. Uh, yeah, the financial stuff and the health insurance. Hmm. I mean, okay, so how are your apps doing in the app store right now? How are things doing? Uh, I mean, they're not selling off the shelf, I guess you could say. They're they're not doing horrible. I'm getting a couple or whatever every day, but not a lot every day. Do you think then, I mean, is that, do you feel that that's a fair indication of whether or not you could make a full-time living with with? those apps, like, do you feel that if you were to spend full time, that that would change? Like if you all of a sudden were full time, uh, would, would those apps be successful? Is that what you're thinking? Cause it's possible. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm just, that's what you're hoping. Could. Yeah. Okay. Now you're up in long Island. Uh, yes. Okay. I mean, I don't know much about the long Island industry. I don't know much about what goes on up there. But could you get a job as an iOS developer with an iOS development company? Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Um, unfortunately, I live too far from the city, mm. New York City, because that would be ideal, obviously. Um, but it's going to be like a two-plus-hour commute every day. Oh, you can't way. do that. You can't do that. You'll never see your family. Yeah. Exactly. You'll never see them. I mean, are you wedded to living there? His wife is an editor. She's got a job. Yep. They've got a nine-year-old kid. He's going to school. I assume it's a he. They've got a, you said it's a boy, right? Yeah. He's going to school. You're not, not going to unenroll him and upheave him like that. Caitlin, you, right. you, you, you can't stay long, but I wanted to introduce you to the audience. Caitlin Eldridge, hi, how are you? Doing pretty well. How are you See, y'all? this is, when you call into this show... This is the woman who's going to screen the call, but she does much more than that. She's a producer here. And I just want to thank you publicly for all the great work that you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. Glad to be here. I know you need to leave for your other job. Sorry, I got to make money. Uh, You make money here. You make plenty here. I do, I do, but you know. That's all right. You can hold on to it for a while. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Are you coming? She said she may make an appearance at the Super Bowl party. It's very possible, yes. Okay. Well, we will text you the information. Okay. Thank you for a great week. Go Ravens. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> John, do you have a pick for the Super Bowl? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm a Giants fan, so uh, it doesn't really matter. My son likes the 49ers, so let's go with that. All right. Here's the thing that concerns me. You have apps right now. And even if you were to, to uh, quit and devote yourself full-time to making those apps even better, there's still no guarantee that those apps and that revenue stream will increase as much as you need to. And this is a debate that I hear a lot amongst my friends, iOS developers, Android developers, and things like that. What? No. Are we locked down? Now we're locked down. All right. We're locked out, John. It's all right. So my concern is that if you wind up, if you wind up quitting to do this, that you're not going to have health insurance. You're going to have any of the things that you need to have, period. You've got to get another job and you've got to build this up. Here's when you're going to know. If, if you've built an app that's really great, you can take those apps and you can focus. You just got to focus your time. You got to focus your time. When does your kid go to bed? Eight? Around there, yeah. Okay. 8.30 to 11 p.m. every night. You tell your wife, honey, this is not going to have any us time for, for the next month. And we'll make it, okay? But 8.30 to 11, I'm going to devote myself to making these apps even better. And I'm going to see what happens if I do that. And I'm going to see what happens if I market them. I'm going to see what happens if I spend a little bit of money to advertise these things. Maybe on a podcast, maybe on a website, you know? And see what happens, right, right Shlok? I mean, am I, is this crazy? See it- where they're going to go first. I, I, I agree with that, um, but I mean, coming from the app world, like for me, it's less about the apps are going to be your way out. Um, it's more that you have the skill set of being an iOS developer. That's something that is in demand, and a lot of those companies don't really care where you are. So like, you're saying get a remote job. Forget the fact that he's not in New York. He's got apps. He's got apps out in the app store. He's got a website about it. He's got everything all set up and ready to go. Yep. Go get a job somewhere that's going to pay him, and he work remotely. Stay in, stay in Long Island. Stay there. The family's there. Right. You'll be covered. You're making good money. You're not in a warehouse, and then, um, and you know, then you can still do the app stuff. And if one of the apps hits, I mean, you're golden. And if it takes a long time, you're still golden. What's the urgency to get out of the warehouse? Right. Just that it sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm in the warehouse. That's that's why. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm in the warehouse, I'm I'm pulling orders, I'm doing UPS, and then I'm going home and programming. You know, it's honestly, I mean, it's a little weird. And it's kind of insulting too that I'm actually in the warehouse. Can't you say anything about this to the to your family, the people that put you in there? How does Thanksgiving go? (laughs) Yeah, you've been in there for two years. Uh, That's two Thanksgivings, two Christmases. Is it your family? It's yeah, not your family. It's your, the, it's your wife's family, right? No, it's my family. It's my family. I mm. spend a lot of time with their family, though. I don't really see my family except for my parents. I don't. Well, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. They put me in a warehouse. Nobody right. puts a baby in a warehouse. <laughs> That's where they're retiring. <laughs> and we exactly. have the title. <laughs> I actually said that a bunch of times. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, and what what happens when you come up to them and you're like? You're like, you know, what, what 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 gives? Like, what happens? Have you ever just come uh, up to them and been like, guys, like, let me back in, and, or they find a replacement for you, or they're just not doing it anymore, the, whatever you're doing with the computers? No, they, they, they shuffled people around. I still, I didn't mention this, I still do all the IT stuff. I still do all the computer stuff. So if anyone, you know, Excel breaks, I have to go in there and help them out. 
Okay. Yeah, you need I to think take he's got to quit. Yeah. He's got to get out of there. Get your iOS skill set. Yeah. Get put together a great portfolio site. Send it around. I mean, like, yeah. Don't, but don't get out of that. Listen, mess. you could be a junior, and this, and don't take the word junior in the wrong way. You could be a junior iOS right. developer somewhere. Learn the chops. Learn it from somebody else. Work from work from home. Work remotely. You know, a company that rec- you, it sounds like you're motivated to me. I got to let you go, but it sounds like you're motivated. It sounds like you're doing, you know, a lot of work on your own. You're self-taught. I, I have respect for that. So I think you, I think you follow Schluck's advice. Andrew, you have anything to add to this or does it sound like he's on the right track? I think he's on the right track. My, my question was, um, with, with regards to your family, is it your mom and dad who run the business or is it an aunt or uncle? Is that part of the problem? Why? No, it's, it's my mom's brother. Okay, so it's your uncle. Yeah. Yeah, I think at this point, if you're two years in the warehouse... You gotta get out of there. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta start looking at a game plan to, yeah, quit. to transition. I say quit. I gotta quit. Yeah, you gotta quit there, and you I, but, you, but quit, quit and go to somewhere that's gonna put you on the track you want. Don't go work at another, like, IT job where you're doing the same thing and running Excel... You know, you, you've got to, you've got to pursue what you want your field to be, which is iOS development. Pursue that, get that job. Get the job, then quit. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah that, that would be my advice too. Is, yeah. um, get the job, then quit. Correct. All right. Thanks that's for the, what I'm running, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Good luck, John. Let us know what happens to you. I'm worried about Thank you. Thank you, man. All right. I will. Two categories, Hattie. Right. People you're worried people about. People I'm worried about. People I'm not worried about. Then you had kind of a middle one. People I'm kind of worried about. That's still worried. <laughs> that still counts. The that last one. time I said that, I was really sick. I was so sick last week. How how Friday fast did like, I leave after that show last week? I've never seen you leave the office that quickly ever. Left really fast. Yeah. I want to hear some of uh, Andrew's stories. Before I do that, this guy in India is calling from India. Shlok. I don't even know how to say his name without insulting him. Is it matter? Yeah. Are you calling? Are you calling? What? He's one of our uh, potential sponsors. He was emailing me and he said he was going to call him to quit. Remember I read that to you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do I say your name? Yeah, that's me. Madur. Madur. Shlok is approving. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, first of all, you say you're in India. Are you physically in India right now? Yeah, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Wow. <laughs> now that's a super and, fan, I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, I hear you I hear you quit your job. There's a little delay. Are you noticing yeah, the audio? Yeah. It takes a long time yeah. to get up to the satellite. And then all the way down back, to All India. the way back down India. Well, first of all, I see here in my notes uh, that, that you've quit your job. Is that true? Yes, I'm... Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Um, That's I a bell for you. I rang the bell for you. Okay, tell me about your job. Tell me why you quit. And tell me how the show has saved your life. Because that's what it says here in the notes. Yeah. Uh, so basically, I uh, quit my job two weeks. Um, uh, I quit my job two weeks back. I used to work as a property consultant. Right? And uh, what, I, uh, what I had sort of learned from quit is that First of all, there's no power in a corporate suit job. Um, I used to do sales, and uh, what really sucks is that if you are doing sales and there's something wrong about your product, 
and you don't have the have any power to fix it, uh, you're really in an awkward position because you can't really sell, and uh, that's going to put your job at risk, and uh, you don't have the power to make those changes that uh, need to be made. So first of all, no power in a typical uh, corporate stew job. Uh, second thing I learned is uh, you need a good support system. I had my girlfriend, I had my uh, parents back me up. Like I sat down with them and uh, I said that this is what I need to do. I'm miserable. Uh, I need to look out for my happiness and I'll get to somewhere that I feel good about. And uh, they really helped me out. And I, I think that's something that, you know, uh, quit sort of made me realize that I need uh, a backup plan uh, and I need a... Uh, I need my family to uh, sort of help me out with that. Uh, also, another thing, I'm 23 years old, so I'm just starting out in life. 23? Uh, it's important that, yeah. So I think it's important to quit when you're young because, I mean, if you're on the wrong track earlier on in your life, you can sort of quit and get on the right track. But yeah. once it's too late, it's just going to be that much more difficult. So um, those are a couple of things that helped me quit. And now I got, uh, so I quit my sales job and now I have a offer from a research job. So that went well. I'm actually calling uh, to talk about this side thing I'm going on. Um, so if, if, uh, if you can talk about that. that yeah, let's great. hear it. So, so just, to, just to be clear, you were, you're doing a sales job. You weren't very yeah. happy. You, you went to your family and you said, listen, I'm miserable doing this. I want to make a change, but I want your support. I don't know if I'm going to need help financially. I don't know if I'm going to need help uh, with with uh, those kinds of things, but I'm ready to make the jump because I'm unhappy. I don't want to stay here. I'm unhappy. And your parents, your parents and, and your girlfriend said, you know what? We support you in this. And this is the advice that we've given on this show. You've mm-hmm. got to have a support system in place. That support system can be a ton of money that you've saved up. That's a good support system. You have 100 grand in the bank, 50 grand in the bank. Well, that's a good support system right there if you want to quit your job. You don't have that. You go to your parents. You go to your family. You go to the people that helped raise you, and you tell them, not, I quit my job, help me, but I'm miserable. I'm thinking about leaving my job. What do you think? Well, you know, what if, what if it takes me a month or two or three to get back on my feet? Can you help me? They'll say yes or your parents. If they don't say yes, then maybe you can't quit. All right, so you've got this side thing going on. What what do you do, and what do you want to ask about that? Right. Uh, so uh, back in April last year, I founded this thing called a uh, website called All Things Apple. Uh, All Things Apple. Right. Yeah. So basically, uh, so it's how uh, how possible do you think it is uh, if I sacrifice my personal life from what I've understood uh, over the past couple of episodes? If I make the sacrifice with my personal life and my girlfriend friends, do you reckon it's possible to do the nine hour job in the day and sort of, you know, uh, the extra five hours and the two weekends, uh, like Saturday, Sunday, uh, work on my website. Like, do you think that's possible, uh, in, a in, in long-term manner? This is a good question. This is a question we get a lot on the show. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually answer it and then I'm going to see what Andrea has to say about this. This guy has a site. This is the same question John asked. This guy has a site. He's not really making any money from it yet. Does it do, we, do, do I think it's possible for him to sacrifice his time to build the site 
build something up and, uh, and then make a full-time living doing that. I'll tell you what, for this, for this, in this particular situation, I'm going to say no. And I'll, I'll tell you why I'm going to say no. First of all, I've had lots of websites. Playgrounder is a really good example of a huge failure. It wasn't a huge failure in the sense that I had lots and lots of readers. It made some money. And here we go back to the concept of the breakout success, moderate success versus breakout success, right? And also personal success and, and what personal that means success. to you. Yeah. It's a good point. I had the site playgrounder.com. It's not been updated in a long time. I worked with the designer and, and, and found all the products and curated everything. Worked with the Uncrate uh, guy, my friend over there at Uncrate, to make it a great site. You know, and he knows all about making great sites. And it just, it never picked up. It picked up enough. It was making a little bit of money. It was a break even. But maybe if I'd kept doing it for another year or two, maybe it would have gotten bigger. Maybe. But right now, in the space of writing about Apple, and I know this because we've got a bunch of shows that focus on Apple, that there's just, there, it's so competitive. And there are so many, and listen, this is going to sound hypocritical, but let me explain it. There's so many folks out there writing about this in a very intelligent way and doing link blogs and curating already. And they're so well established that it is going to be very tough to compete about them. Well, didn't last week and the week before, Shlok, didn't I say, well, so what if there's a, uh, you know, so what if there's a, a big, uh, you know, a big uh, competitor out there. If you're doing something completely novel and unique, well, you can take them down. Don't worry about your competitors. Don't worry about your competitors. Well, in this case, I, th I think you have to because anybody who wants to blog can blog. Anybody who wants to write can write. You can go to one of our sponsors, Squarespace. You can set up a site. You can make a Tumblr site. You can make a WordPress site. You don't even need to know the first thing about hosting or anything. You can go and pick any bit of software out there. You don't have to install it. You don't even have to, you just start typing. Now, I'm not saying that you'll be great. I'm not saying you're going to have the next, you know, the next daring fireball, but you might. But the reality is this daring fireball exists. The loop exists. You know, Mac rumors exists. Nine to five Mac exists. I can go on and on and on. And I read all of these. These are all here in my bookmarks every day. Hattie and I spend the first like hour of our day going over all the news sites, especially the Apple related news sites. There's so many of them. Well, this guy says he's going to curate. them. I just don't believe that all of these sites I'm reading already are, are curating. They're already curating and there's still too much. And they're doing a great job and they have years and years and years of experience. So for this guy, I'm going to say, listen, do this, write about it, have fun with it, maybe make some side money from it. If you're doing that, but don't sacrifice all of your personal life and your personal time and everything else. This is just, it's not the right thing for you to be doing right now. If anything, if anything, go work for one of these other sites. They'll love you because you're in India because you're awake at the opposite times. That's why all the call centers here are in India. So they can provide 24-hour support. You know, they outsource stuff to India because those guys work at night while we're sleeping. Go get a job at one of these places and become the best writer that that site has ever had and get paid to do it. And then later with, with your success and fame, then start your own site. 
Does that make sense? All right, Andrew, I want to hear one of these stories. Let me do a quick sponsor first, and I want to hear these stories. The rest of the show is just going to be Andrew kicking back with stories. Get, get him a couple shots of whiskey or something. Lynda.com, an online learning company with more than 77,000 video tutorials. They teach you software, creative, and business skills. You can learn anything you want. They teach it all, anywhere, your own pace. You save and prioritize courses in your queue. Whenever you're ready to watch them, you watch them. You can track your progress. You learn on the go. They've got an optimized mobile site. They've got a free iPhone, iPad app. You name it, whatever it is that you want to learn, web design, programming, photography, I mean, they do everything. They teach you everything. And it's always up to date because they're working with folks in the business who do this stuff. They don't, they don't have somebody who read a book and says, oh, I'm, I'm going to make a tutorial. No, these are people who work in these fields, who understand what they're doing and who are sharing their expertise with you. You go there and you can try them out for free for seven days. Linda dot com slash five by five. It's spelled L Y N D A. Lynda.com slash five by five. Go try them out. Let them know we sent you by visiting that URL. Thanks very much, Linda, for making the show possible. Great resource, by the way. You use them? We do. We uh we use Linda to do tutorials for uh video editing software, motion graphic software. It's great. You would think, you know, you get somebody new starting up at Arts and Labor and, you know, maybe they know 90% of the stuff and you know they're talented, but, oh, you really want them to learn this technique or this piece of software. Maybe they used, you know, they used one kind of video editing software and they're great at it, but you want them to know Final Cut Pro. And you don't have to sit down and teach them. Right. You just say, have this known yeah, we've by got Monday. A membership. <laughs> Here you go. That's exactly what we do. Okay. I want to hear some of these stories Phil's talking about. So... I guess Phil was referring to my uh, my days in Los Angeles, yes. where I um, I worked as a, a, an assistant to a I will, he will go nameless, but a very top tier uh, movie producer. Hmm. And I'm I'm just going to say Steven Spielberg. It was not Steven Spielberg. Okay, in my mind, it's him. <laughs> it shouldn't be because, uh, from my understanding, Steven Spielberg is a very great guy. Yeah, and a very great guy to work for. Okay, the person who I work for uh, was not. Okay. Um, are you familiar with, um, the, the movie swimming with sharks? Yes, I am. Or devil wears Prada. Yeah. Oh, oh of yes. Course. That's the one. So that was very much my experience. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. So my, uh, my employer was, uh, known and probably still is known as being very difficult to work for. Really? And it was, uh, needless to say, uh, not an easy place. And so I stressful guess, is probably to say the least right? stressful to say the least. Um, I guess at any moment, um, you know, at the snap of a fingers, your, your job was always in jeopardy of, of being over, over, over just the tiniest thing. And so having to be on eggshells like that for 10, 12 hours a day, um, takes its toll. So tell, tell me a story about it. What happened one day? Well, one day, what's a, what's an exciting, uh, story you can tell us about without giving away too much? Um, I mean, I've, there are a lot. I Phil is correct. Yeah. Um, I mean the scene in Devil Wars Prada where she has to get an unpublished book, um, that, that literally happened to me as well. <laughs> really? I was told to get a book that had not been published. And <laughs> if I was not able to secure that manuscript, I would not have a job. How do you how, like so, literally from the movie? <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming yeah. you, you got it. I did. Get how it. do you do that? How did you get it? Um, I basically called uh, everyone I knew in New York and said, do you have anybody in publishing? 
uh, con- any, anybody in the publishing industry yeah. that I can speak to. Um, I need this or else I'm fired. Wow. And uh, I had some friends who took pity on me and were able to get it for me. I mean, that's just kind of amazing. What what happened with the book then? Did he option the movie? Or- no, no, no. <laughs> completely irrelevant. That, it, that's irrelevant. <laughs> he he wanted it because it was um, it was it, it was a personal thing that he needed. So oh, just for himself. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um, I got fired one day and um, walking out the door with my box of stuff. Yeah. Uh, was then rehired as I was exiting the <laughs> by the by the director. Yes. The producer. The producer, right? Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> what, is not, the, what does the paperwork look like on that? Or did they just not do that? Um it was it was it was it was on the lot of a very um of one of the major um movie studios. So like they, they had their like HR department. So fire you and then hire you. Well, <laughs> yeah, that they, they weren't involved in all this. Um you just go and stand in the lot and you're like <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm able to be hired. <laughs> you know, one of the things that now were you were you in so you were in an office. It was like that kind of setup. Yeah, a, a bungalow is sort of the way I would describe it. You know, on a movie lot, how you can just picture different sort of oh, like, like pods almost. Right, yeah, right, right. But you were in close proximity to the person the whole time. Uh, eyesight at all times. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What do you what do you think about when you think back on that time? Like, do you seem like wow? I was I a different human being? Like, well, you know, like would you put up with that now? No, or? I would not. But I, I think um, because I got the just to sort of back and put it into context. Um, I moved to Los Angeles right after I graduated from college, and um, when I got there, um, I found out very quickly that. Um, Paid work was not easy to come by, mm. so I took in. Uh, I interviewed. I don't know, probably twenty to thirty internships um, oh, wow. in Los Angeles, really trying to find the right one. And then I got the one at this production company um, because it was on the lot. And like I said, this producer is I would consider a list. And um, then I um, got hired there uh, after about three or four months of interning for free. And so to answer your question, going through that experience, because I worked there for a year, um, sort of is like, it was like boot camp for the military. So now I know I can sort of handle any kind of situation that comes at me. Um, but I would, I would not ever want to go through it again. It kind of made you tougher. And yeah. I, okay, you're like, I can do this. I can take anything on. Yeah, now. really. <laughs> I often refer back to my first job when I was 13 years old at Burger King and like anytime I think oh man this this part of my job sucks like I think about that where every single aspect of the job was horrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) just completely thanklessly insultingly horrible Mm -hmm. like I would have traded with uh, John in the warehouse in a heartbeat (laughs) that would have been a huge promotion I learned a lot um in in the in that job because I had such um, access to um, you know, high-profile people and projects, and um, it was it was definitely a great learning experience. So I wouldn't trade it in for anything, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to anyone. It's always interesting, though, when people you know. I remember, and it sounds like you're describing something similar. 
uh, I remember when I was first starting out, the frustration that I often felt when I was, I'm talking about more in my professional jobs, not the part-time jobs, the million part-time jobs that I had, as opposed to the hundred thousand uh, full-time professional jobs I had. The frustration that I often felt because in my mind, I knew how to do, I knew how to run this company. Like I could do this way better than the boss. Like he doesn't know anything. And of course the reality was I, I, I understood nothing. I understood nothing about why decisions were being made. I understood nothing about things like, you know, office politics or business decisions. I just knew like, oh, this would be better. Why don't we do that? You know, it's the, the kinds of things that, you know, kids think. And you pay your dues. I'm not saying you needed to pay those dues. It sounds like you were paying other people's dues as well as your own. <laughs> but it always astounds me when people call up and there's this sense of entitlement that, well, I shouldn't have to do anything that's hard. Like I have a college degree. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to do like that kind of work. I should, you know, or I'm, or even worse, I'm an MBA. Like I should be able to just walk in and, and have them hand me a job. Where's my yeah. office? You mm-hmm. know, I, I can, I can, I agree. Uh, all right. Let me take another call here. Quick Who's question. On? Did you, did you end up getting fired at the end or did you? Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. Um, I, I quit, um, after about a year, um, which was sort of a badge of honor because I guess the assistant before me lasted two weeks. Assistant, <laughs> oh, so you put in your time the, and you, yes. the assistant before that was, you know, three months, you know, Oh, wow. Yeah. System for that was like six or nine months, something like that. Hmm. So um, I could have stayed if I wanted to, but um, it got to a point where I was like, life's too short. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good move. Yeah. Was it a badge of honor or more like, wow, I let it go on this long? <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think that um, at the at the time, you know, I don't know if, 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 if this was correct thinking or not, but I thought I felt I needed to put in a year. Right. So that my resume would have one yeah. year of experience of sense. this. And, um, so that's, I, mean, I, that's there, what I did. There is something to be said for putting in your time somewhere and making a commitment to stay somewhere. I mean, obviously I think you may have stayed too long. Could have, could have been. Yeah. But you know, I, I think but there's, you learned a lot from it and, yeah. and you know, in the same, yeah, you did. I mean, there's something to be said for making that kind of commitment. All right. Let me take this call from James in Australia, Australia. How, oh, I love the accent. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. I hear you. Great. What's up, James? Uh, Oh, not much. Um, do you want me to talk about me or about <laughs> extroversion, introversion, or what? Well, who are you? What are you doing? You said it says here you're doing a solo startup, and you would like to talk about self promotion as it relates to your personality type. Okay. Um, well, I mean, to, to start from the start, I quit my job two years ago, um, and it was completely unrelated to anything tech, code, or anything like that. I was a mariner, so I worked at sea. And I did that for eight years. Uh, I was pretty decent at what I did. Um, and I learned a lot about, like, I, I was very much an introvert when I started off. But the position I was in, I was basically in a management position of about 40 to 50 crew. So I ended up getting pretty uh, decent at being able to talk in public and uh, sort of convey what I needed and stuff like that. Um, when I quit, I, I, I decided to leave because I was away from my family too much. I had a kid growing up. So now I'm a stay-at-home dad and I work on this business. Um, 
I decided I wanted to build some build some things that basically solve problems I had during my professional life when I was a mariner. And I found I sort of settled back into what would I'd consider my introvert way because it was very comfortable to just get stuck into your code and just do that and work and work and work. Like I could do that for weeks and right. not really feel – I'm sure you, sure you know like in development, if you're really comfortable in your development, you can get stuck in there and you sort of end up in your own little world in a way. Yeah. Um, and as I, uh, like I'm finding in trying to promote what I'm doing now, I'm getting the same sort of, uh, like I get, uh, very nervous, like this phone call as well, very nervous because I'm talking about something that I'm not very, uh, I'm not as sure of myself, if that makes sense. Um, and putting yourself right out there is a, is a, is a big leap for me. Like I've been doing, uh, doing this for two years now and, it's only for the last half a year that I've really been talking to people a lot more, uh-huh. um, getting involved, like a lot more face to face and stuff like that, and just getting a lot more feedback. And I find like I'm coming along a lot further now than I ever was, just because I'm trying to break down that barrier to yeah. myself again. Yeah. All right. So uh, now, tell um, me a little bit more. What What are you What What are you doing? What's your business again? I mean, is it just development? You're just in in a room writing software or, or are you writing it for other people or what? What's this? What's the story? The first thing I made is a plan maintenance system for ships. So basically it's like a really complicated to do system. You have uh, 10,000, 20,000 different trackable items and you need to keep track of them and make sure that they're replaced on time. Uh, various inspections are done on time and stuff like that. So it was a very sort of uh, like it was solving a problem I had when I was on board the ship. But it is kind of a very niche and also a conservative market. So I learned a lot in building it, but in marketing it, like at the moment, it's just going through testing, so it's not really getting off the ground too much. And I'm also building a, another uh, building another productivity application, so something that's more GTD style. I'm, I'm working on that now. I've got a prototype of it out at the moment. So. Um, okay, so your main here, I'm building them for other people. Okay, so you're building stuff for other people, and you're going to keep building stuff for other people because you want to have like a software consultancy, right? So you want to you want to basically be out there peddling your services as a software developer, and people can go and contact you and say, "Hey, I, I would like for you to build X, Y, Z," and then you've got to build it, right? Um, actually, I'd like to market these services themselves, like okay, the so you, plan maintenance system. I built out of my like I built it out of my own understanding of the domain. And I would like to be able to sell it directly to, like, as a fairly, uh, what's the word, um, like, as a service rather than as a, I'm building something just for you guys. Right. Well, I mean, that's a good plan. Anytime you have something that you can sell that makes money while you sleep, as Shlok says, that's a good thing. Yeah. Shlok, do you need well, to, do you I need mean, to that, go out there? The Shlok, do you need to go out there and actually sell a software system like, for, we'll pick Basecamp most successful, uh, you know, I would say project management tool in, in our community of people. Yeah. Do you need to sell that? Do you need to actively go out there and promote that? Do you need to, do you need to sell that other than doing, you know, banner ads and website ads and things like that? I mean, you don't want to go door to door trying to sell software as a service, um, app, but like you do need to get out there and be the face of the app, right? Cause an app can solve a problem and do it well, and you know, Basecamp's a good example, and I'm sure your your system is as well. But um, 
you never get it right. And you need that that face to face or, or you know, even Skype to face or screen to screen or whatever we're calling it nowadays interaction so that you have that relationship that lets you develop it for more customers. Um and and you know, like with that kind of stuff, like the sales always go back to word of mouth. And that might be true for all sales, but um encouraging people to be passionate about it is gonna involve going out there and selling it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, there's, you're never, like, you're, always in, you said you were nervous about being on, on this call. That's understandable. Uh, and I don't think that that necessarily is reflective of whether or not you will be effective at selling your stuff. I mean, Andrew, to his, you know, to his credit, he was a basket case out there. He was, he had to lay down, you know, we had to, we kept having to sort of resuscitate him. He had a compress for a while. And now look, you never know it. He's as cool as a cucumber now, you know, but I think it's the kind of thing that you, you know, that's not true, uh, where eventually you, you get over that, but just know. And by the way, thanks uh, very much for the call. I got to let you go. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to know that if, if you're entering out into something where you're going to be working for yourself, an un aspect of that, one aspect of that will be selling. The more sales you do, I know people that started out and they were, they were a web designer. They were a, a developer of some kind and that the more success they had and listen to this, think about this. The more success they had, the less they did the, the work themselves, the more they found themselves selling or in quote unquote business. And I remember I had a boss of mine uh, a number of years ago who was consistently uh, complaining, I would say complaining, lamenting the fact that he no longer was writing code. He was no longer making software because this was what he was both very good at and also quite passionate about. It was something that he was now managing a team of developers. The success of the product that he had built, the success of the company that he had helped create, eventually forced him into a role that was more about making business decisions, managing people, managing projects, and much, much, much less about the thing that he uh, enjoyed doing, which was writing code. And uh, one of the ways that he was an effective manager is that he hired people uh, who tended to be very creative and in, in many ways self-starting, so that he was more guiding them as opposed to managing them. But even so... For him, it was like, I love my job. I love what I do. However, gosh, I sure wish I could code more. I never felt that way. Maybe because I was, you know, not the best coder in the world. I don't know. I always enjoyed it. Always enjoyed it. But there was a big part of me that was like, wow, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind if I coded less. That doesn't mean, you know, that I wasn't cut out for it or that I shouldn't have been doing it. But it just meant that I, I, would, I would have enjoyed his job. Well, at least when I knew about it and what I later came to do was, was much more like his job. Uh, because, the, you know, those were the things. But just keep in mind that as you get more and more successful, am I, am I wrong, guys? I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I mean, yeah. you wind up doing less and less of the thing that you thought you were, were going to be doing. Now, I've heard about people who have gotten so fed up with it that they say, well, fine, you know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to hire a salesperson now. I'm going to hire a salesperson and she's going to be the one that closes these deals because I would rather just write code. 
But you only get to the point to be able to do that by having that kind of success. And then, you know, like for me, I went the other way. I started hiring developers because I liked doing the sales stuff. I liked running the projects. I liked talking and working with the clients. So I hired people who liked writing code more than I did. But I knew code and I knew design and I knew development so I could still communicate with them and work with them. And yeah, I would write code too. But I didn't mind being in a partially hands-on role. But if you don't like that, if you really are the person who wants to sit and write the code, then know that you'll have to do the sales and you'll have to be in that role regardless of whether you're the extrovert or the... Now, I would say if you're like going to score one on that test, Shlok, in that article, if you're like a one or a two introvert, it's going to be real tough for you to sell stuff. Then you might be better off working with or for somebody else who's on the middle or other end of that scale. That's true. I would say there are certain sales avenues that are conducive to being an introvert. So anything involving where you just submit an RFP or, sorry, or you respond to an RFP, uh, that's a request for proposal. It's written, it's the written word. And some people do communicate better that way and can land big deals um, and then get the work done and go on with their lives. Yeah. But you have to, you know, you have to hunt for the right feel for yourself so that you can communicate effectively. Now, Shlok, when you were in your sweatpants. <laughs> stretchy, in the, stretchy sweatpants. Stretchy sweatpants in the dark room, right? 50 pounds heavier. 40. 50 pounds heavier and you were, you were in there and you were writing. You knew that at the end of this incubation period, at the end of this cocoon that you had woven around yourself, that you were going to emerge from that, right? I mean, that was your plan. Yes. You were doing this thing, you were accomplishing a task, and then you would emerge like a butterfly from a cocoon, as you have. And I was thinking raven from the egg, but yeah, butterfly works. Like a phoenix from the ashes? Yes. Something epic and masculine. Okay. <laughs> like a large male phoenix <laughs> with really big guns. Absolutely. And you emerge from this thing, and you then had to shift into sales mode. Right. And you used to walk around this place you, you would talk about this book that you wrote, Rise of Siri. Good book. Check it out. I'll be in the show notes. He doesn't want me to pimp it anymore. He says he's done pimping it. But you knew you were going to have to promote this thing and sell this thing. But you did, you did that. And you knew that you could transition from... Do you, Andrew, do you have to go around and, and, and sell stuff? I mean, you're a, you're a senior producer. I wouldn't say I sell things in the context of what we've been discussing. Yeah. But I think that anytime I'm interacting, I think this is true for anybody with the client you are selling that, you know, even if you're somebody who's doesn't have a job and going on an interview, you're selling yourself. Um, or if you have a job and you are working on a project and creative choices have been made, and you're trying to defend those choices, that's selling. So I think my job entails selling, but not yeah. in the sense of, you know... You don't feel under the gun to like close a deal. Correct. And I think that, that 
in the creative field, you're very creative in your inner creative field. There are more opportunities for that type of selling, if you will, mm-hmm. than in the one where you're like, and, and again, like people think, Oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to run my own business. I'm going to be in, you know, like I'm going to write code. I'm going to do design. I'm going to be a writer, I'm gonna, whatever. And they don't realize that from day one, they're going to have to get out there and sell. Mm-hmm. I remember I was talking to Jim Kudal, the deck, very successful business. And in my mind, I mean, the deck represents some, some of, you know, the most amazing websites out there. And let me get to their URL, decknetwork.net. Listen to, listen to the members, 37 signals, 43 folders. They do five by five. A list apart, Carsonify, Daring Fireball, Dribble, The Loop, Marco.org, Simple Bits. I mean, it goes on and on, Zeldman. They have the ads on Swiss Miss, Twitterific. They represent all of these amazing sites, and they're the only way that you can get your ad on those sites. That's their deal. It's a 120 by 90 ad. The only way you, you want an ad on Kotke.org or Laughing Squid, you go through these guys. That's it. That's it. They own that. So if you want to go in there and you want to get on there, and so I was talking to Jim one day early on in the days of five by five. And in my mind, like you want to model your business after somebody successful, you want to do something in this space and you're doing something like, like, like look to Jim Kudal, like he's the man. And I said, I was talking to him and I'm like, man, I got, I'm having a hustle to sell these spots, you know, and it's, it's constant. Like it doesn't end, you know, I'm always having to sell these things. Like, how do you do it? Will you think I'll ever be at the point you're at? And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, where they just come to you is they don't just come to you. He's like, yeah, we get incoming, you know, we get incoming requests all the time. He's like, but you've got to reach out to folks. You've got to sell. Even when they're incoming requests, you still got to sell. Every, every little aspect of this business is something you've got to pay close attention to. And so, I, I mean, so much of what we do here is about sales. And once you get to a certain point and you have revenue coming in, you get to make that decision. What do I want to do now? Do I want to sell? Do I want to run projects? Do I want to transition? Am I an extrovert? Am I an introvert? Am I in the middle? And that's, that's huge, right? Because you get to pick what you are. That's, I think, the, the takeaway from this article for me was, yeah, it, these are the two extremes. There are type A, type B personality traits. Um, but none of that is hard-coded. Yeah. Like, you get to wake up that morning and decide whether you want to be mm-hmm. a rock star if you want to be a scholar. And, um, and, and you need to be able to do the full spectrum of things, I think, to get even just a simple project done. You do. No, you really do. But, you, you know, the other thing to take away from it is the only place that I know of that you have that power to decide and that you have that opportunity to make that kind of decision is in something where you're, and you know, Andrew, I think is in a very lucky position because I've been, I've been down there to this arts and labor and this is not a place full of corporate studios at all. This is a fun, fun place with great energy about it. It's so cool in there. I'm very lucky. And the way people are treated in there is great. Uh, it, most places are not like this. This is what every, this is what places strive to be like. <laughs> you don't have to be all by yourself, completely independent 
in order to not be a corporate stooge. And let's just be clear about that. Remember how before Hattie, I said I wasn't going to go over an hour. Yeah, well, it happened anyway. <laughs> and there's still callers and there's still more I want to do. There's always more. Let's do a quick final sponsor, Shutterstock.com. They have over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips, and more. Just go to Shutterstock.com and you're going to find the perfect image. Vector. I mean, you, you, I don't know how to, how to explain this. They're super cool. You go there and now. And they have the coolest thing ever now. Yeah, this is a really cool thing where there's a little a slider. What do they call this thing? What I'm, is the name I of this know, thing? I know. I'm looking up the name of it. You, you, may wanna, you may just have a color palette in mind. You can now search all of their images based on color palette searches. So you have a little slider. You pick the color that you want. Let's say you want their example is red. Spectrum. Spectrum Labs. Spectrum Search. Something spectrum like Search. Yeah, pretty cool. You would say you want red, right? So you, you slide the slider to red and you'll start seeing pictures of apples and Ferraris and raspberries and whatever. And, and you type in the thing that you want to find that's in red and it'll, it'll narrow it down even more. You could just type car. Now you're going to see a picture of all the red cars. You drag that slider over to blue. Now you're going to see all the blue cars. It's really amazing. They've got an iPad app for this. You can create light boxes and put your images in there. It's really a super, super amazing resource. Anytime you want an image for anything or a video or a vector. Go to Shutterstock.com, offer code Dan sent me one because this is January. It's the first month, or it was. Do we have a new one, Hattie? Or is it still Dan sent me one? Should I try Dan sent me two? I think for today, it's still Dan sent me Dan one. Dan sent me one. Yeah. And you'll get 30% off any package at Shutterstock.com. I want to do a quick follow-up email here. We have female listeners, Yes, Hattie. we do. And they're coming out of the woodwork now. They are. You just had to call to them and I, then women, come out. Women of quit, I call to you. I call. And what is the gesture that I'm doing right now? Can Your hands you, are out. What is palms this? Palms up, kind of. It's almost a royal gesture. Yes. I'm encouraging the women to contact us. Here is the response uh, from a woman named Tammy. Pretty sure this is not uh, my uh, junior year girlfriend, Tammy. Prob- probably not. She but spells her name be. differently. Still might be her. She she says, <laughs> tell Michelle. Remember Michelle called in. Mm-hmm. Remember Michelle from last week? Tell me, probably not. Not Michelle, your Michelle, old girlfriend. Michelle, my old girlfriend from the other. Right. Tell Michelle not to worry. <laughs> I've been in a similar position. There are lots of work from home jobs and it totally rocks to work like that. I'm writing in to comfort Michelle, whose email you read in the latest quit show. This is last week's show. Last year at this time, I was a corporate stooge also. I did text. This, you remember, is Michelle's story coming back to, do you remember Michelle's story, Shlo? She emailed you, wanted to quit, but there's something about family. She, yeah, she was working at a place and she was, she was underpaid. And she'd taken on more and more and more responsibility. She'd basically become indispensable to the company because she was the only one that knew how to do so many of the different things, but she was not being paid adequately. It's, it's a long story. Listen to the show. It's a great, great uh, email. But now, now Tammy says, I did tech support for a crummy hosting company. And as you can expect, it was awful and soul draining. I taught myself programming on the side. My husband was super supportive when I told him I wanted to quit and work from home as a web developer. He has a steady job and we have no kids. 
Once I really started looking, I found so many companies wanting to hire work-from-home designers and developers. I've currently got an awesome job as a junior Ruby iOS developer, and I'm making way more money than I expected. And I love how she puts quotes around Michelle every time she mentions it, because we don't know. Yeah, you didn't, give, you didn't give her a fake name, did you? Michelle, I said Michelle, air quotes. Right. Michelle says she lives in an area with few technical people. So do I. That was that was her biggest concern. She's like, uh-huh. I, I'm in the middle of nowhere. This is the same concern that uh, that John had up in uh, Long Island. <laughs> Long Island for anyone who didn't catch that. <laughs> she says she lives in an area with few technical people. So do I. But I, it can be a benefit if your cost of living is lower than where the company you work for is located. Exclamation point. What a great point Tammy brings up here. When I was working for a company based out of San Francisco, I had a nice salary. They knew that I lived in Florida at the time. Toy, the worst. I didn't want a vacation there. Although that video we watched today was a little compelling. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. There's one reason to go back to Florida. But cost of living. If they may have a budget to say we need an iOS developer. Now they may realize that, yes, it's cheaper to live in Florida or Texas than it is to live in San Francisco, let's say. But you're probably going to be able to get more money if you do that. And there's a lot less overhead that they don't have with you by not having to maintain an office for you. So just consider that, Michelle. Consider that the rest of you, John. She says, P.S., you can add me to the list of girls who listen to the show. And listen to this. She's been a listener for a long time. P.P.S., Thank you so much for the show. The Ruby show pushed me towards learning Ruby back in the day. Back to work pushed me into quitting my old corporate stooge job. And I have great coffee with my AeroPress, so I'm a totally legit programmer. Thanks, Tammy. Women listeners, I encourage you to call in. Represent you better. Women can be corporate stooges too. Sure. Corporate stooges. And I would even say they're the some of the biggest ones. Am I wrong? Call in. Provocative statement, Colin. I know. All right. We, I'm going to have to get this guy right here. Transition. We don't know his real name. He says he prefers to be as Dr. Drang would be. D- anonymous. Tran- anonymous. Hello, <laughs> hello, Transition. Hello, Dan Benjamin. How are you? Are you? May I say where you're located? It's Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Same place as ALA Alex. There you go. So. I, I, you, were, you, you were told... Just moments ago, this is real. Yep. Just moments yep. ago, that you're con- you, thirty minutes ago, but you've been on hold for an hour. So ninety <laughs> yeah, minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah about ninety minutes. You were told that your contract has ended. You've been essentially, for all intents and purposes, you've been terminated. You've been transitioned, if you will. <laughs> That's right. And your question is: Should you pursue your own thing or find a new job? And you an addendum question. Yes, I liked this one. Are you a corporate stooge if you enjoy it? And here's why that addendum came up, because I knew that this contract may be ending soon because the company was having turmoil and going through a merger, blah, blah, blah. And so I started to look for some other things, and I came across a job that really sort of struck my interest. And so uh, so on the one hand, I have a desire to sort of pursue my own thing. I'm trying to enhance my web development and my programming skills so that I can, you know, have more options in that area. But I found this... Uh, this job that I'll apply for in the next day or two that seemed really, really interesting. And so that raised the question of, well, you know, if you're, if you're working in a corporate job, but 
it's the type of job leading you down a career path that you think you really enjoy, are you a corporate student? Right. And, and, and should you pursue this corporate thing versus your own thing? Or okay, so let me... Let, okay. So this, this, although it seems like this is one of those, if a tree falls in the woods and no one can hear, it doesn't make a sound kind of questions, but it, it's actually an incredibly simple question. Um, okay. It, is it a corporate stooge job if you enjoy it? Actually, before I answer this, let me, you know, Andrew, what do you think? My thought is, is if you enjoy what you do, you should keep doing it. Okay, but is it is it a corporate stooge job? If you know, you've heard the show, right? Of course. Corporate stooge. Do we need to describe it again? And the listeners know what a stooge is by now. Yes, but I think I think the question he's asking is that can you be part of a big company and technically be a corporate stooge but enjoy it? Right. Can you can you be a corporate stooge? Is it still? Are you still a corporate stooge if you if you like it? If you want it to be that way, Shlok, what's your answer? well, I'm sorry, Andrew. Continue, please. I was going to say it seems like he wouldn't. You wouldn't be a stooge if you enjoyed it. You'd be someone who didn't enjoy it. Would be the stooge. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, technically, you you still are. I, I don't want to use the term slavery, but mm. I'm about to. <laughs> I mean, if you're a slave and enjoy it, you you are still a slave, right? Like that is. I mean, if you're aware of the fact, great. But that that's your condition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, First of all, I, well, I, I, I agree with both of you. The points are slightly different. What Andrew is saying is if you like what you do, keep doing it. That's phenomenal advice. Don't worry about the fact that what Shlokas said is also true is that even if you like it, you are still a stooge. That in my definition of a stooge, I'm, I'm going to listen. Restate the stooge. I have been written about and, and, and I have been given the title of the king of Apple Talk Radio. And I accept this title. <laughs> I also accept the title of the King of the Stooges. I will accept that title. No one has yet to bestow that upon me, but I will accept it. <laughs> so according to my own definition of what a stooge is, yes, you are still a stooge if you have a corporate if you have a corporate stooge job, regardless of whether you like it or not, you're still a corporate stooge. In a sense, that you have a corporate stooge job and the only person who can have a corporate stooge job is a corporate stooge. But if you like it, then you are not going to suffer. So we go back to Buddhism here. Uh, When did we first go? Anyway, (laughs) we go back to Buddhism here and we say, it is, is it possible to experience pain without suffering attached? The answer is yes. This does not sound possible. I promise you it is. You can experience pain or emotions, negative emotions, without suffering. You can do that. Can you be a corporate, can you have a corporate stooge job without being a corporate stooge? I, I say, yeah, if you're not suffering from it, then maybe you're not really a, a corporate stooge, but you're in the job. Can you be an airline pilot without knowing how to fly? I would say no, hopefully You're still a corporate stooge, but you don't necessarily suffer because of it. So that's my answer. Now, listen, Houston, transition, whatever. You right now, how much money do you have in the bank? Don't give me an exact number. You can give it in the the concept of months. How many months can you survive? Oh, with what I've got right now and and sort of what's what's still owed to me, maybe a couple of months. Two months. So, so, yes, not too long. 
Do you have a, tell me again, do you have a family counting on you? No. Okay. Do you have a, a infrastructure that you could fall back on if in those two months you're not gainfully employed in some way or another? Mm, not really. Okay. Get a job. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> and, and, and don't worry about the stooginess of it. No. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having it, with being a corporate stooge if you enjoy it. It's only if you're miserable. So I guess what we're getting to here is the core of the definition of a corporate stooge is be, being is miserable. Being a, is that, yes, is that the definition of corporate stooge? Can you be miserable? a corporate stooge? I would say you're not a corporate stooge unless, unless you're unhappy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Isn't that kind of what I said? Yeah, but I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it. I'm talking about it. This show is about evolving. So we can evolve the definition here together as a, as a team. I'm, I'm questioning this. I don't know. I don't know if this is an answerable I question. Think, I think uh, it's answerable. I'm with first, Andrew. At first, I thought this was a clear, plain question, and now I'm all I'm all turned around. I know you have have an answer. This, this is the reason. This is the reason the question first came up was because, say, on Monday of this week, I was very much in the okay. I'm you know when this ends, I'm ready to go on and start pursuing my own thing, and so I wasn't concerned about another a corporate job. I was definitely going to try to pursue my own thing. But then yesterday. I was just looking through some job listings and I saw a job and I thought, Hey, I might love to do that. And so, and so, so therein lies the sort of, you know, the question is like, well, wait a minute. Do I really want to pursue another corporate stooge job or do I want to pursue my own thing? But this, but this corporate stooge job that I found looks like something I'd really like. So maybe it's not so stoogy. I, okay. Here's something. If, if you're happy, then there's nothing wrong with being a corporate stooge, but you're still are one. That's it. See, Corporate stooge job, you're a corporate stooge. That's it. What, no, what constitutes a corporate stooge job, you're a corporate no. stooge. That's Dan, it, even if you like it. Dan, Dan, <laughs> then what constitutes as a corporate stooge right. Is job? Andrew a corporate stooge? He's happy. What, like, Most corporate stooges think they are happy. <laughs> well, here's the it's not about thinking you're happy. It's being happy. If you have a corporate stooge job, you're a corporate stooge. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now I as know what kind of unhappy. child you were. As long as you're unhappy. <laughs> Now, I think you have, I think... I don't think we're helping transition I think at all. the essence of... No, I told him to get a job, so he's been helping. Okay. <laughs> he should be getting one. Right yeah, now. he should be on whatever site you use now, LinkedIn, Monster, I don't know. Get transitioned, really? If you've only got two months to go, get a job. I don't want to see you on the streets. Get a job. Yeah. yeah. And don't worry, if it's, a, don't worry if it's a corporate stooge job. Especially, you know, if it's just temporary in your mind. You know... Hold, hold, hold your head up, chin up, and be a corporate stooge. And if you enjoy it, hey, I mean, that's great. And if you don't, then quit. Yeah, and do but, your own thing. You know, save your money, pay off your debt. Do you have debt? Uh, some, yeah. Some like five figures, four figures. Uh, mostly student loan stuff. So yeah, that that stuff hangs around that's, forever. Yeah. Exactly. Follows you around like uh, excess luggage. Um, yeah, get a job. And don't worry if it's a corporate stooge job, especially if it pays well. And be a corporate stooge for a while. And do, do it and save up, pay off your debt, get free. 
And if you like it, if you're enjoying being a corporate stooge, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I ran my own business for a few years and it stressed me out so much. And I was so unhappy. All I did, all I did was sit up on that, uh, in that bonus room, Shlok. I sat up in that bonus room and ate scones all day. (laughs) (laughs) I like how specific your meal was. Scones. Not biscuits, scones. It was scones. I know, it's just funny. Not a to be no. had. No, it was scones. No. Scones, and I went to Orient Garden like three or four times a week and ate there. Uh, oh, you know what? This is my this is my rule of thumb. The more uh, Chinese food you eat from a fast food place in a week, the unhappier you are. Yes. <laughs> I would agree with no, that. No, you, you, that's, that should be like Schloch's theorem or something. <laughs> right. We'll trademark it. Yeah. Schloch'sTheorem.com. And... I, I just, I sat there, I ate at Orient Garden and I, I had scones and that's, all, that's it. And I just stayed up there right now. I was miserable. I hated it. And when I had the opportunity to, one of my clients kept saying, Hey, you know, come full time with us, come work full time with us. I was thrilled. Now that was the least corporate stoogie of the corporate stooge jobs that I had. And I was happy. Technically, I was still a corporate stooge, but I was happy. Here's the thing though. I think other people could see you as a corporate stooge, but if you're happy, you wouldn't you don't think you're a corporate stooge. That's like so saying the Pledge about, of Allegiance and not meaning it. So it's all about perception, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, if you want to pursue something and it makes you happy, yeah. who cares what people think of you? Be, yeah. Oh, you know what? That's what it's about. It's about what you want to pursue. Right. If, if that is what you want to pursue, that's your work. That's your life's work. Yeah. Then you're doing something you're honest to yourself. So how can you be a stooge if you're pursuing what you want right? to do? Right. I guess there's two ways to look at the stooge then, isn't there? There's the way to say, are you a stooge by definition of what you do, or are you a stooge by definition of how you feel? Right. Because you, you, could, you could work for yourself and feel trapped within your own business. Are you a corporate stooge I would then? say yes. I think so, too. I agree. You've stooged yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I guess the essence, then, of the corporate stooge transition is how you feel. You can, ha- you can, you can have a corporate stooge job. And maybe not be a corporate stooge. I don't know. I, I've now, we've now crossed a line that I don't think I was prepared to cross. But I appreciate the call transition. Get a job. All right. We will do. Okay, bye. And I'll be listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, he, he threw me for a little bit of a loop. I've never had to dive this deep. I know. As soon as, as soon as he said that, when I was screening the calls, I was like, oh, this is going to just light right, a fire. <laughs> here's, one, here's one thing I will say. Andrew, this is for you. Most of the corporate stooge jobs are filled by corporate stooges. Let's just be honest about that. That is probably accurate. Again, back to Buddhism. The number of people who are truly awakened. Buddha Benjamin. No. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. What are we going to do about these other calls, Hattie? I don't know. 99 minutes Someone's in. Someone's been on for two hours. What? Andrew from San Francisco. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's got to have something. All right, you know on. what? Here's what we're going to do. Lightning round. Rapid fire. Lightning round. Should, should I go screen those no, last two or no. you're just going to take them? take them trial by fire. Andrew, San Francisco, tell me about the time you were fired. Uh, yeah, so when I was younger and I joined a really small company and it turned out that they were kind of jerks and I really shouldn't have joined it. Jerks how? So I, um, well, it's a bit hard to remember now, but I remember one thing was the CEO and these were all like kids, kids in their 20s. Yeah. Uh, said he would never tip anybody. Like a restaurant or a pizza delivery person or a haircut? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, 
and they were very insular. They knew each other, and they didn't really. They just weren't very nice people. I didn't. I, I knew as soon as I joined that I didn't want to. Didn't want to be there. I made a mistake. Was his name Mark? So I started looking. <laughs> oh, wow, wow! I started looking immediately, and they caught me. They caught. They, they caught you looking. Yeah. How How did they catch you looking? Oh, good. I was stupid. I used I used the network. This was you know 15 years ago. There was no uh, you know cellular data stuff. So. They caught. They, they were sniffing the network, and uh, and they caught me. You know, that's terrible. About it. Yeah. So, so they fired me, and it was the first time I've been fired. You know, with cause. Like, you know, they had a reason. Oh wait a minute! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Yeah. Looking for a job is not cause to fire someone. Yeah. Well, I was also um, a little unkind to them in some of the comments I was making. Okay. Um, but I mean, just for the record, for the, for the listeners out there, look, looking, looking for a, now I'm not going to recommend looking for a job from work. That's probably not the best thing to do. Do that on your own yeah. time. But like that's, mm, eh, it gets close. I mean, I guess they could pull, pull that thing out where they're like, Oh, you know, you, um, you're using work computers and internet for inappropriate. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm down with that. I think they could have fired you for that. I think it's, well, I think it's being, I think it's being a yeah. little bit, a little bit hard, but they could, I, I, I think they're justified. Well, so the, the point was that this is, I, I recommend it actually to everyone to get fired once in your life. Agreed. Cause then you're not afraid of it anymore. It's really good advice. So that's it. Lightning round. I'm I'm good. <laughs> well, I like I like that. I appreciate you holding so long to share that. That is really really good advice. Get fired, uh, but but don't go looking to get fired, right? <laughs> don't try. <laughs> no, do something smarter than what I did. Basically, are you happy now? What are you doing now? Are you happy now? It's uh, a long story. You don't have time for it now. Maybe I'll I'll go back again. Um, I'm I'm much more confident now. Let's just say. Okay, the next time that you call back for next week, call back next week and tell uh, Caitlin or Hattie. Yes, that whoever's you were, screening. You yeah. or Andrew on hold. And don't, don't other people use this trick and take advantage of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> call back and say yeah. that you were the Andrew that held on and, and uh, we'll get you on early next time, okay? All right. All right, thanks for the call. Thanks. Sorry didn't, you held so long. All right, he's gone. Get fired. Don't get fired. But get fired. But if it happens, don't be afraid of it. And then you won't be afraid of it any longer. All right, we got these two last calls. We got to do them. I wish, you know what? I get the bell back now. Why? Oh, lightning round bell. Yep. If you oh. take too long, okay. ding, All right. then you have 20 seconds. All right, this is Chris from Australia. He's stuck and went from one company who understood IT and treated its IT employees great to a company who doesn't see the need for IT and doesn't seem to understand IT's importance. What do you do now? That's exactly my question, Dan. Um, we must yeah, be really popular in Australia. What's the story? Why do we have so many? I mean, yeah. I'm not a complaining, but why are we so popular in Australia? What is it? Can I actually tell you a quick funny story about that? I was on the train two, two days ago, and I was listening to the frequency, and the guy next to me, he saw that I had the frequency on my iPhone when I switched it on, and he goes, oh, Dan Benjamin. And I went, what? You listen to it? Yeah, so... Yeah, it's something. Bringing people strange. together. You know, we, and the thing is, we barely we barely talk about Australia. We maybe we need to get. We need a, more Australian news. More Australian news yeah. or something. No, you need an Australian show. 
Well, but, well, I think we already have. I, vol- I volunteer to go to Australia. <laughs> Everything is upside down. <laughs> all right, Chris. Well, that's first of all, thank you for listening, and thanks for for telling us that. Uh, I think we ought to, Hattie. We ought to shift gears and, and uh, screw the UK. My plans for the UK. I want I'll, to go start, to Australia. I'll just write down Australia. Did you know Australia's an island? I did. I did not know that. All right. So tell me the story. You worked for a company that seemed to have. Was it a, an IT focus? It was an IT focus. Is that what they had? Yes. Yeah, I used to work as as the IT manager for a company um, in another state, and it was a big public company, and uh, we really they were like we had a great IT department. And my, like my guys were, yeah, just awesome. And then you know I kind of asked for a bit more money. They said no. I left. Ended up consulting back to them. Long story short, I still do. Um, <laughs> I've moved now over to be with my partner over here. Uh, in uh, Queensland, and um, yeah, basically, I've gone off. I've become an IT manager again, but in in the uh, uh, legal side. And what I've found so far is um, uh, nobody really understands IT when it when it comes into the, when it's in the legal side. And I'm not ready to quit, but I'm really ready to like redefine and fight to basically, you know, bring this company up with the times because at the moment I'm jumping up and down saying everything's going to fall over. We need to invest some money that they keep, like they just don't understand. Like um, they see, say, lawyers are the money makers when all of the accounting software and, you know, say, you know, even pay, payroll, you know, all the all, all their, all their documents, um, like matter files and all that stuff are all kept on this infrastructure. Um, when I first started, I had two uh, two guys working for me in the first uh, fortnight. They both had resigned, so I'm now <laughs> everything. <laughs> so um, yeah, basically, uh, I yeah I've gone through. I've done full uh, total cost of total cost of ownership. Um, uh, you know, I've tried figures. I've tried um, you know instead of explaining IT like you know in Japanese to them. Um, is how they hear it. Um, like in, say, look, we've got an old sports car. You just can't buy the parts for this kind of thing anymore. So we need to invest the money here. Right. And yeah, the, yeah. I'm looking for some advice in like how would how, how would you approach like that kind of um, area? How would you change somebody's tone to being not um, not you just a cost, but more of a you know. We actually do have to invest because this is actually, you know, this is, you know, how we're making our money because if we don't have this, we're going back to pen and paper. Yeah, I mean, you, this is this is a great question, uh, Chris, and I appreciate you asking it. And, and this is the thing that I remember from my own experiences in IT for years and years and years. Uh, you know, in, in IT, your role is to, you, you should not be seen or heard from and things should just work. And that's pretty much just the way that it should be. They don't want to see you. They don't want to know about you. They don't want to even know that there is a server room. Just the things that the people need to have to. And then when they want to upgrade something, that then they want to tell you, oh, well, we need this to be work better. We need this to be faster. We need this to be new. Andrew, let me ask you a question. You guys have tons and tons of computers at, uh, at Arts and Labor. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of software. You've got uh, high-end cameras. You've got, uh, you've got a, a, a green screen, everything in there. Mm-hmm. Who who makes that stuff work? Um, we have internal P 
people on our staff. You who, have like I dedicated people to focus on that. We or? don't have a dedicated IT person. Hmm. Uh, we have um, a few servers that we keep all of our our media stored on. Um, but the stuff, the you know, I, I wouldn't say that our infrastructure is really complicated. So you know, I, the people I, that you've hired understand. Yes, the computers themselves, anyway. Correct. I mean, I think we're a tech savvy group. <laughs> uh, I think people more and more these days, I mean, and you're, you're, I remember mostly Macs in there. We have Macs and PCs. Okay. I mean, I think these days, you know, there is certainly a shift away from a heavy duty focused IT department. I honestly think that computer manufacturers such as Apple are, and Dell are doing everything that they can do and Microsoft to eliminate IT, to make IT less than necessary. I think IT as an industry is dying. I think IT as an industry is a, a very challenging industry to be in. I think it's changing. You don't think it's dying? I don't think it's dying. I think the role that you are playing, I think Chris, is it Chris? Um, the role you're playing is more, um, you know, you have to take it up to the business level, right? You're not just the IT monkey in a corner. You are now saying, look, here's, here's the nightmare scenario. Tomorrow this server dies. You didn't give me the 2000 bucks I needed and you lose $500,000 in business. And then on top of that, you have to say that on the, on the good side, I know that's what you've tried on the, on the good side though. I know there's a bunch of material out there that says, here are better workflows. Here's the technology that a legal team needs and can do for a tenth of the cost. I know a lot of it is offshoring and outsourcing, and it's a little bit weird, but it's not dying. It's, it's his role is now changing to where he has to affect the core business in a real meaningful way. He has to be the de facto Instead of just CTO. Fixing. Right. Right. Every IT manager is now the de facto CTO and needs to fight for it on business terms and no longer like, I need this crap to keep things going. I think it's slightly dying in a way, though. I agree with Dan a little bit just because. I mean, I think people as a whole are becoming more tech savvy in general, just as everything kind of ramps up in all areas. You know, our phones are getting smarter and everything like that. People are having less and less problems. In it a is way. dying, guys. It is dying. <laughs> I was in IT for years and years and years and years. OK, and it was awful. I mean, talk about corporate stoogery. What I'm, I'm not saying that we, we don't need IT. We do. But you're telling me that in 10 years from now, in 2023, you're going to have an IT department full of people who know how to fix, run, and operate. Arts and labor is successful. Mm-hmm. They don't have dedicated IT people. Tell me IT is not dying. 10 years ago, would you need IT people? You, you damn right you would. Well, don't you think part of that is uh, the, 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 the devices and products themselves have become more user-friendly over, mm-hmm. the, uh, over the years? Well, and the internet, you can, you know, if your computer's having a problem, you just look up the question and then there right. is a forum out there with your answer I mean, on there. Look at, look at the hosting industry. Look at the way hosting is. The companies where I, where I want to host my stuff, oh, we're hosted at Joyent. All of our stuff is at Joyent. Okay. I, I, we have tons and tons of virtual servers over there. I don't know how they work behind the scenes. I mean, technically, yes, I do. Okay. Because this is what I used to do. But I'm, I'm saying I don't need to know how they work to go and say, oh, I need a new machine running Linux, Ubuntu, whatever version. I click a button and it's there. Hosting has changed. That's happening. The same thing is happening to IT. More and more people have laptops, which are unserviceable. Unserviceable, Shlok. Can you expand the RAM in this for me, please? 
<laughs> it would be very ugly. It's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it without ripping the entire thing apart. This is a Retina MacBook Pro 15-inch. Now, putting in a new hard drive, easy. But guess what? You can follow the instructions online and do it, or you can just walk to the Apple store and have it done. You can go to iFixit, and they'll tell you how to do it. You can go to Mac Sales and, and get it done. You know, there's no... I, the world of IT as we know it, it's changing so much that I will say that what we think of as IT is is dying and is going away. Now, what does this mean for you, Chris? Should you pick another industry, another job where IT is more important? Well, of course, if you're unhappy. Especially for short term, too. I, I mean, mean, think about it. Are you unhappy with what you're doing? Yes. Then go somewhere else. It's Distill it down. I think you go for the fight, though. Fight, but send resumes out every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great advice. Because like, I've always enjoyed the challenge and just to... Uh, just to, I guess you'd say, give you a little bit more information. Like uh, some of these systems are uh, like five, twelve meg of RAM still. Chris, well, would you be willing? Them, would so. you be willing to put your job on the line? Um, you guys need right to start now, paying attention uh, to us and our needs and doing the things that we need to do. You need to start helping us, or else I can't work here because I can't do the job you hired me to do. If you're willing to do that, willing to take that risk. That's a big one, but they'll pay attention to you then. Have a backup plan in your pocket. Yeah, of course, always have a backup plan. Yeah, no, definitely. That's um, something that I'll always do before I do that. But um, think about yeah, it. It's definitely, um, yeah. It's yeah. We're looking at all different things at the moment. No, I've, yeah, like instead of putting on infrastructure, yeah, going over to like you know, you know, hosted solutions and stuff like that takes the takes a headache away from me. Um, takes a headache away. Well, and and you know the cost away from you know the owners so it's kind of win-win all right i have bell is wrong i gotta let you go chris thank you that's all right good luck i think he needs to focus on that thank you chris okay we have this last call 35 minutes on hold we don't know who they are the area code 416 who are you maybe they're already alex. oh is this alex what's up alex no, i'm here What's up? We gotta we gotta yeah. go, man. The show's at the end. You've been. Much. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I gotta let you go. The show's oh, coming to an end, man. Two hours ago, what do you, I, I? I I missed dinner, and I'm still here on phone. <laughs> well, we we're, we're well, next week. We'll make it up to you, man. I hate that you, you called in and got on hold. Well, we'll so. do that. I'll try to call early. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Well, let's okay do we it gotta go. Thank you. Okay, Virginia. Right. I, I will email Virginia. Bye. All right. I'm sorry you missed dinner. <laughs> All right, bye. Gosh, I feel bad. He missed dinner. It only said he was on hold for for. Well, I kept dropping. He w- he was on for on oh, and off kept the dropping. whole time. Yeah. All right, so that's it for this episode. Listen, I want you to go and check out Arts and Labor. I have them all in the show notes. Arts and Labor. It's arts and labor dot com. They these folks do some cool amazing, website too. amazing. So Hattie, cool, Hattie. Let's just rip this off. Okay. Done. I mean, nobody will know. Look at their people Especially page. Especially not because we're off. talking about it now. Let's rip all this off. Even their blog is cool. Let's rip that off. Oh, thanks for being on the show, Andrew. Well, thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, people can go to Arts and Labor in the link that's in the show notes at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 10. They can also follow you on Twitter. That's in the show notes too. Great. But it is uh, Andrew underscore underscore Logan. Correct. 
The one underscore was already taken. Damn. <laughs> and he doesn't. He does have claws like Wolverine. <laughs> Shloke, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter, Shloki, S-H-L-O-K-Y. I love that. I do. Thank you. Also, Shloki.com. Hattie is Hattie Bird yep. on Twitter, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. I'm Dan Benjamin. What is Caitlin? Oh, I don't know. I don't, we got to not... start getting her some followers. Yep. What? The Ansible decided to leave. Why does it do that? <laughs> it knows when you're done with it the show. It knows I'm done. It knows. It, it makes me nervous like it would do. It, it, I like didn't want to miss dinner. <laughs> I feel bad, Alex, missed dinner. So listen, if uh, if you would like to, we, we are, we are uh, going to be announcing this newsletter. This is the real deal. This newsletter is very good. This is some of the best writing you've ever read. I promise you that. It's going to change your life. So we'll get, uh, we'll make an announcement. Follow me, Dan Benjamin, and or the 5x5 account 5BY5 on Twitter for news about that. And we'll have it ready for uh, for next week's show, ahead of next week's show. We'll link it up. I'll link it up on 5x5 too. Link it up. Thanks everybody for listening. If uh, between now and then you would like to, you can send an email uh, and tell me your story. 5x5.tv slash contact. Just pick quit from the list. I will get the email. I will read the email. I may read the email on the show. If you would like to leave a voicemail, number to do that, 512-222-8141. Both uh, of those things are on the 5x5quit page at 5x5.tv slash quit. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Bye.